So I have a funny story about uh, illegally torrenting things. I'm is, excited. Uh, <laughs> so over over Christmas, I was visiting my parents, and my dad mentioned that he wanted to watch the Santa Claus, uh, starring known shithead uh, Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, I really want to watch Santa Claus. Is it on Netflix? And I had did a Google and I said, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. It's not on Netflix. It's on Disney Plus, but I don't have Disney Plus. Oh, no. Could, I was like, we could. And also he was like, I also wanted to watch White Christmas, which is still not. It, it has its concerns, but it is less bad than uh, noted shithead Tim Allen. I mean... And I was like, well, if that one's on Netflix, or I could torrent it, like, illegally stream it. And he was like, I don't want to I don't want to stream things illegally. But then two days later, we were like, we want to watch Muppet Family Christmas. But it's... <laughs> we don't... We only have a VHS tape of it. And so I said, well, it's probably on YouTube. And he's like, oh, Muppet Family... Like, Muppet Family Christmas is on YouTube and the John Denver Muppets special? Oh, and look, here's all the Rankin-Bass Christmas movies in one YouTube video. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just, like, looking into the camera like I'm in the office, like, he doesn't know and I'm not gonna tell him. <laughs> My parents used to get really concerned whenever I said that I was just pirating something and now they barely even react. Ah, uh, so it's about, um... Not not exposure therapy, but like inoculating them to the technically illegal crime. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pr- pretty much. Have you ever seen the uh, the movie that the song "White Christmas" originally came from? Uh, Holiday Inn. Yeah, I think I've seen it once. It was a while ago. I I watched that in college, and I don't really watch Christmas movies because being Jewish doesn't come up that much. But I was, I was in college and we were just watching this. It was like, oh, fun. This is just kind of a sweet, uh, sweet, a sweet Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movie. Oh, they're celebrating Lincoln's birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> it is some of the most egregious blackface I've ever seen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyway, that's where that's where the song White Christmas comes from. And the song was so popular that they wrote it a movie. Yeah. Good job. Wait, didn't they, but didn't they write a movie that was basically the same movie as Holiday Inn? Oh, I've never seen it. Me, I've never seen either of them. I just, I think I heard somewhere that like Holiday Inn and White Christmas are almost the same movie down to the cast. I think so. I'd believe it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounds like a thing that might happen. I feel like the thing about Holiday Inn is I feel like they, they had a whole bunch of songs from Irving Berlin that they wanted to use but then it didn't do as well commercially because there probably wasn't much of a plot. <laughs> and so they're like, let's let's make a very skimpy plot and tack a white Christmas onto this. <laughs> <laughs> Irving Berlin, known lover of Christmas. <laughs> hey, you know what? If it makes you money, it makes you money. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> as long as it's not unethical or like mean to people. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, this episode comes out January 19th, so we Tanner, don't even have we did- an excuse to have so much Christmas <laughs> Tanner, on it. Tanner, Tanner, we did not... Oh, oh, no, no, you were talking about when this episode was going to air. I thought you were already starting the episode. I was like, we didn't sync our audio! <laughs> 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 we didn't do the intro! It would be really weird if this episode aired on January 19th. Christmas is over. It's immediately time for prom. Go home. <laughs> Thank you.
Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hello and welcome to Lose It Like Me, the podcast where we watch every episode of Glee and then we all vote on which one's the best and we give it a crown. Might <laughs> <laughs> have to do that. Or you can introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Tanner and I'm positively horny with grief. <laughs> I'm Christina and tell me if I was brilliant or simply outstanding. And with us is the one of the stars of Glee. Oh God. Cordover Street. <laughs> I, it, that's jokes I, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, it, it's Cordover Street me I don't know what that means <laughs> Cordover Street is the actor who plays Sam on the show oh okay is there a character named Sam on the show yes oh, Yes. alright you, you watched the episode you told me you took a bunch of notes I, not on names <laughs> I don't know names this is the fair this is the third episode of Glee I've ever seen but it's the first episode of Glee that you were in. Sam is the blonde one with the floppy hair, plays guitar, wore a bolo tie. Oh, that dude seemed cool. I support. He is. Yeah, I liked him. Sam's support Sam's. <laughs> there we go. Sam, Sam solidarity. Exactly. <laughs> or if you will, Sam Lidarity. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm here for this. But yeah, this might this might be the third episode of Glee you've seen, but it's the first episode of Glee that you were in, Sam. Why don't you tell us about that? That actually might not be true. Oh, damn it! No! <laughs> this is all what I was afraid of! Uh, I, it might be true. I don't remember. I, I did background... So, I moved to Los Angeles in 2010, and in lieu of having any onset experience or knowing anything else, one of the first things I did when moving here, for the first year and a half, I did background work on a lot of different shows and things around mm. that time, and... One of the things around that time was Glee. And this was definitely my first year being in Los Angeles. And so I think this filmed early 2011. And mm -hmm. I was uh, asked, uh, hired to do background for Glee prom. So I'm one of the people at prom in Glee. And the funny thing is, like, I met a lot of my now close friends at this Glee prom to the point where I saw two Aww. of them... Like, today's the second. I saw two of them two days ago for New Year's Eve. Aww. Aww. That is one of the most heartwarming things that I've ever heard to come out of Glee, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as far as I know, none of us died. It's fine. I just crossed myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's uh, it, it was fun. I remember, so I never watched these full episodes prior to yesterday. But I had gone through and watched, like, the prom section to try to see if I could find me and my friends. And yeah. I don't remember what I'd found when I watched it whenever it came out. But I, when I was watching it again last night, I was definitely watching very carefully. And there was a really good shot of my friend Bethany. And then you can see me kind of twice. Yeah. So if you want, I can put in the Discord the couple of pictures I took of the screen where I am visible in the screen. <laughs> And it's background, so it's like yeah, nothing fancy, but okay. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna try and spot you, and I was like, I have no idea 
what, you know, he'd be wearing or what he looked like 10 years ago. Is he going to have his hair the same way that it was in that one music video? <laughs> Wait, which music video? The nothing in your pocket music video? If you track that down, yes, you're that a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Okay, so that was actually the first thing I was like cast cast in. That was directed by my friend Tame, who is like a showrunner and stuff now and is now like renting my spare bedroom so that she can like run a because she got hired to save a reality show that's currently filming so i don't know weird coincidences all over the place so i sent two pictures oh i can see you yeah i can see you you're right behind Brittany. oh i thought that was you that's cool yeah so i i couldn't get it exactly right when you can actually see my face but like you get the idea and then the first one i'm way in the background so for glee prom they have you kind of like if you've got nice clothes wear them Oh, you provided your own wardrobes? So I provided a lot of my wardrobe, but not all of it. The bow tie and the cummerbund, I did not provide. Mm. But the tux with the tails is mine, which I, (laughs) my dad bought matching like tux and like, like those kind of like jacket things 20 years ago. And because we were like going on some vacation where it was like, oh, that was going to be like the big finale party. And then our luggage never arrived. So this was kind of the first opportunity I had to wear it. (laughs) But yeah, no, I brought this outfit to Glee Prom and I wore it and it was super duper fun. Just hung out with a bunch of different people and chill in a gym in Hollywood for a couple of days because it filmed over two days. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. See... Okay, when you said that this may not be the episode, I was very worried that, like, I'd picked the wrong prom episode, and you'd walk in here and you'd be like, I don't know why I'm talking about this one. There weren't any dinosaurs in this episode, so it's not the one I did background for. (laughs) No, it was definitely this. It occurs to me that there have been subsequent Glee proms, and I have friends that worked those Glee proms, but I was not one of them. Okay. So the interesting thing about Glee is that there was a core group of like people who were regular background on glee yeah when they did the song and it was like oh hey here's the av club kind of like walking around and doing av clubs of delicately touching a prop with light bulbs on it (laughs) and just casually walking in circles around it while not actually moving it i'm pretty sure (laughs) that was background because i think that was like kind of like core cast of people who just like kind of get brought back because every so often they needed more people for background. So I did background on Glee a couple of times. I could not tell you the episodes. I do not remember. Understandable. That was that was over 10 years in a pandemic ago. Correct. Uh, which means it was infinite amount of time ago. <laughs> yeah. But but basically, like, I remember that it was that, like, core group. And, like, if you were really paying close attention to the background, which if you're enjoying a TV show, don't do that. That's not what we're there for. but like it'd be kind of the same people because a a lot of good shows are like well we want this to feel like the same schools would be the same people over and over again but i remember i don't know i remember a lot of little things about this episode but i don't know if you want me to kind of like intricately weave them into the structure of how you normally do these podcasts i don't know if you want me to drop other ridiculous like connection hollywood shenanigan stuff i don't know if i'm allowed to swear Tell me about what's going yes. on today. We, we, it's a Glee yes. podcast. We have to swear. Yes. We absolutely must swear. All right, cool. 
Because I have, I think, two other random Hollywood bullshit stories that I can tell kind of inspired from uh, this episode. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, I think I think it'll be more fun if we weave them into the chronology. Yeah. yeah. I will say, uh, on the note of don't pay attention to the background, the thing about the Glee fandom is that Glee fandom did actually pick up on, like, background characters who got a little bit of a spotlight mm-hmm. and so would notice specific stuff. Like how sometimes a warbler would be spotted as a background character at McKinley. Yep. <laughs> also in season four, there was a solid shot of the background people, and one of the people in the background was one of the contestants from the reality show two years ago. Wow. Oh, nice. That's fun. And also, I used to follow, uh, Ellis Wiley was her name, and I used to follow her on Tumblr, and she talked about how she walked on set to do background work, and she introduced herself to the choreographer, and he's like, wait, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> But that's a few years down the road. Anyways, let's talk about this episode of Glee. It's called Prom Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold up. We, did, we, we didn't ask Sam about history aside oh, yeah. from you were on the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we, the two questions we ask are, what are your experiences with Glee the show and Glee the extracurricular? And you've pretty much already covered the first one, so. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, you didn't ask me what the other two episodes I've seen are. What were the other two episodes you've seen, or do you remember? I do, actually. Uh, I remember yeah. my friend Brad was like, you have to watch this episode of Glee because Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Oh, no. <laughs> the first episode of Glee I ever saw was when I was in college, I was randomly flipping through channels and I landed on the channel when at Fox or whatever, when it was airing the pilot and it landed on when they were singing Don't Stop Believing. Oh, no. And as a theater kid, I remember going, oh, wow, these are all a bunch of really good singers. It's a shame they're all auto-tuned to hell. Oh, well, guess this show isn't for me. And that's kind of my first introduction to Glee, was <laughs> discovering it, and then being like, ah, they didn't trust their singers. Mm-hmm. And and then after that, my friend Brad had me watch uh, the Neil Patrick Harris episode, which I do not remember at all, other than that, like, there's a weird joke where Neil Patrick Harris sleeps with Jane Lynch, and that's the joke. Yep. Yeah. And then this. So... <laughs> this has this has been my best glee watching experience so far so thank you it is actually a solid episode <laughs> yeah it's a lot I- i'm just glad that we didn't make you come on for the night of neglect which was nothing i don't know what that means so i believe you <laughs> yeah the show didn't know what that meant either <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah were you ever in choir in high school no, when I was in high school, I did theater, but I never did choir. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to start running a tally because it f- feels like a lot of people we've had on were like, "Yeah, obviously I was in choir. I might never watch Glee because we were better." I mean, yeah, I definitely did musical theater, and I did a lot of musical theater, so I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you ever in Susical? Uh, no. Okay. I don't know why, it just, you, it, I, I had this weird feeling that you would have been in Susical, and I can't explain it. <laughs> uh, no. Susical's one of those musicals that's on my list of things that I would like to see someday, but have not, as of yet, had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a pretty decent show. Cool. I'm, I'm excited for it. I found one last, I found one last picture I can throw in uh, the Discord. Here is a all picture right. of almost all of us, but this is just a picture that Aww. we took. In our fancy uh, Glee duds. Nice. You're such a baby. You look like my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the compliment. I hope that you also are a cool person Tanner's cousin. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. What were you saying about Glee? Something, something. Uh, uh, they're all 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> they're all 30 years old. They are. This is the episode Prom Queen. It aired on May the 10th, Be With You, 2011. It was directed, no, it was written by Ian Brennan. And it was directed by not Marty McFly, Eric Stoltz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I know, I know he's more well known for being a television director nowadays, but it still like kind of throws me for a loop every time I see him get credited. Yeah, fair. He's a good director too. And yeah, it's previously on Glee, yeah. and prom, and also relationships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guess what this episode's going to be about, everyone? <laughs> Interrupting class for musical numbers. Oh no, that's every episode. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were in high school to learn. <laughs> oh, Never. please. No, nobody learns anything at William McKinley High School. Got it. Except the Glee kids. <laughs> Occasionally. Good. I'll make a note of that. Anyway, so we begin with my nemesis, Jacob and Israel, who's interviewing Tanner, Puck. Our yes. nemesis. Our ne- <laughs> Bugs Bunny voice. Our nemesis. <laughs> He's talking to Puck about what your strategy is to win prom and king and queen, and it's going to be a, a combination of intimidation and fear. And then he's like, okay, cool. Also, where is Lauren storing your balls? Word on the street is she wears the pants in your relationship. Why does his microphone have have Hebrew letters on it? Why? Because the joke is he's Jewish. Oh my yes. god. Uh, I, I yes. saw that. I'm like, oh. Fun okay. fact about Glee. I don't, th- I don't think anyone on the show has ever met a real Jewish person in real life. And Diana Agron does not count. Because she probably sequestered herself from the rest of the crew. And you know what? That was probably for the best. Which mm-hmm. one is Diana Agron? Diana Agron is Quinn, the blonde girl. Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. I'm following. Yes, we're intimidating people into voting for us. That's because that's how elections work. I'm on board. Yeah, and like, the the thing that bugged me about Jacob being like, oh, but Lauren wears the pants in your relationship is like, that's literally been the status quo for their for their relationship since they got together. And Puck's never had a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, he's into it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he likes a woman who can kick his ass, and he only questions it when Jacob and Israel is, toxic masculinity. Wait, go back. The Jewish kid's last name is Israel? Yes. Yeah, his and full his name first... is Jacob Ben Israel. His name is, oh my, oh my god. Oh my god. Like we said, m- maybe it should be that they've they've never listened to a single Jewish person that they've met. <laughs> I, uh, Continue? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so Puck, Puck doesn't want to be known on the street as a simp. Meanwhile, Sue and Will get pulled into Figgins' office. Figgins is here to inform them that air supply has canceled. Yeah, and instead, he wants the next best thing to air supply, which is the Glee Club. He wants the Glee Club to perform at their own prom. And when they first get summoned into the office, um... Sue gives Will a bottle of I can't believe it's not butter spray for his hair as a going away present. Because <laughs> there was a plot last episode about Will going to perform on Broadway with uh, with April Rhodes from last season. And that didn't happen. But now she's like, oh, cool, you're leaving? And he's like, actually, no. <laughs> Is it because he believes in this glee club too much to leave them behind? Yeah. They, yeah. He's taught them as much as they've taught him. Oh, okay. So he's an idiot. Oh no, he should he should go to Broadway. He should. He should and he should leave the kids. Yeah. They're better off without him. But anyways, Sue thinks that such wanton disregard for common sense will lead to people getting uh spiking the punch, which she she makes at home every year, 
which is already concerning. Also, it's she uses the bowl that her grandmother d- drowned in, so that punch is haunted. Yeah. <laughs> haunted ghost punch. <laughs> I'd try it. I don't think I don't think you want to, Sam, because Sue Sylvester regards ingredients as anything which has corporeal substance. Yeah, <laughs> like ipecac and oh god, what was the other one from the smoothie? I only ever remember the ipecac and human placenta. All oh, right, that too. Uh, I feel like you um, escalated real quick there. Yeah, well, so did the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. When Sue mentions the part about her grandmother drowning in a punch bowl, she then decides, well, if New Directions has to perform at prom, I am going to have final say on what songs they perform. And they are not going to get to perform songs from this list, which she keeps on her at all times, um, of the worst songs they've ever done. The first worst song is Run, Joy, Run, which is not fair, followed by Crazy in love mashed up with hair which is fair <laughs> yeah but anyways so that we use that to segue into a, a scene in the choir room lauren is mm-hmm. complaining that she's been to like five different stores and she still can't find a dress that fits and so all the other girl all Relatable. the other girls encourage her that they're gonna like go dress shopping with her mm-hmm. well they make a they also make a point of like no one makes their own prom dress like that's ridiculous and then cut to later in the episode where someone was like i made this prom dress yeah and I, someone says, like, oh, you can't make your own prom dress. You look poor. And I'm just like, okay, though, but, like, if she has the skills, Lauren could be going to prom in a dress with shoulder spikes. All of that sounds rad as heck. Yeah. Also, we just had a whole episode last week about, hey, be nice to poor people. Yeah, but Glee doesn't remember that. Glee makes a big show of being like, hey, we're inclusive and we're paying attention to the downtrodden person. And now here are seven horrific stereotypes that we're going to say out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Mercedes says that she doesn't want to go to prom. Yeah, because nobody's asked her. Yeah, and I'm like, Will, when Will oh. announces that they're going to, um, they're going to sing songs of prom, Rachel immediately suggests "Run, Joey, Run." Yeah, and which was which was funny. And then Will is like, "Now what we're going to do is everyone's going to perform a song, and we're going to stagger the performances so everybody has time to dance with their dates." And Mercedes just bails. Yeah, I mean the initial yeah. idea is good, but it's like he mm-hmm. doesn't remember what high school is. It's like you don't. Say that in front of high school kids, because a lot of them aren't going to have dates. What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Lots of things, Sam. Lots (laughs) of things. And I feel like real quick here, we have to address the concept of junior prom. So, like, junior prom in and itself is not an... It it, it is not an out-of-the-question type of dance to have. I have had the experience in high school where there is a separate dance that is just for juniors and their dates to attend. At my school, we called it Junior Ring because everyone got their class rings at this dance. And then prom, at least at my school, was held separately for the seniors, obviously also in the spring. And so like the fact that they're having like a junior dance is not out of the question. Although now I'm wondering how big McKinley is because there were so many people at the dance at the end. <laughs> The important thing is what we learned is that What's-Her-Face character lied when she says, yeah, but you only have one prom, and that, as proven by Glee, is a lie. She said one oh, junior true. prom. Only one junior prom? All right, fine. I'll let this slide. You can be married as many times as you want, but there's only one 
junior prom. Oh, Quinn. Oh, and you know Quincy. what? That also sounds fake because like I can excuse a large crowd of junior prom because you know what? Some of the dates might be upperclassmen and some of the dates may be lower classmen. Like yeah, Tina yeah. and Artie are both sophomores. I'm not sure how Artie got in because he doesn't have a date. And so that's the only way you can get in as a sophomore. Because uh, they were performing, maybe. <laughs> oh, right. That's why. Free tickets. But yeah, so... So you could actually have at least three junior problems by that logic. (laughs) Yeah. All I know is that we're about seven and a half minutes into the episode and they're still displaying credits on the screen. There's so many people in this show that we don't get. It's because they. (laughs) Eric Stoltz's director credit. They do one principal actor at a time. (laughs) Oh, man. But like, I noticed it like on one of the scenes and I paused. I was like, seven and a half minutes and now we get Eric Stoltz's name? All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and Brittany announces that you know she's not going with a date either she's just gonna dance and then all your dates are gonna ignore you and come dance with me so your dates are actually my dates so <laughs> she's the hero of the show right like she she's the best character on the show yes okay she should be because like i get that like immediately like clearly she's the best character on the show yep Brittany yeah. is pierce for, for, almost free of sin and and re- really she didn't understand what she was doing at the time, so, like, I can excuse it. <laughs> yeah. She didn't know it was an affair. Yeah. But yeah, Mercedes leaves, and Rachel mm-hmm. goes to talk to her, and Mercedes yeah. is like, listen, I don't need a man, but it would be nice if I had one, and someone actually wanted me. Yeah, and, like, Mercedes says, I just wanted to be Cinderella for one night. I wanted to be wearing a beautiful dress, and to have... So, and to have a guy come up to me and tell me that I'm beautiful and ask me to dance. And I'm like, Mercedes, no, let me hug you. Because I've been there and it sucks. Yeah, me too. Everyone wants to be told they're beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. And then Rachel is like, well, I don't have a date. What if we go to prom together? And Mercedes is like, no, that's worse. <laughs> And then Rachel's like, I have a plan to get us both a date. Yep. I couldn't figure out the Leah Michelle character at all. Because on the one hand, she's like, I'm going to do this sweet thing and like make all like, I know it's the Leah Michelle and she's a monster or whatever. But like, like, like her character of like, I'm going to do this sweet thing and say nice <laughs> things. And I'm always going to act like I'm concerned for people. And then she gets slapped in the face. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. I was really into this drama about it. It's like, it's, it, it, you can't have it both ways, Leah Michelle. You can't have it both ways. The thing about Rachel is that in this episode, she had the emotional support brain cell. (laughs) Just this episode. Just this episode. Uh, Well. We don't come to Glee for consistency. (laughs) No, we do not. Uh, Well, the important thing is that we got to have a moment with Mercedes and Mercedes deserved that moment. Yes. Yes. Mercedes deserves that moment. Uh, And then speaking of people going to prom, I mean, I guess that's this whole episode, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. We cut over to Breadsticks, and Kurt and Blaine are out, and Kurt officially asks Blaine to prom. Mm-hmm. Blaine is kind of hemming and hawing about going to junior prom, because the last time that Blaine even asked someone to go to any kind of a school dance, he asked his only other gay friend at his old school to go to a Sadie Hawkins dance, where the whole thing is like, Girls ask the guys. It's always a surprise. There's nothing better. Baby, do you like my sweater? And when he what? asked his friend, what to just go happened? To the- <laughs> Sadie Hawkins dance. Reliant K came out in like 2007. 
Uh, Stuck in my brain. I thought we were going to be talking about the uh, the the comic from the 1920s, Lil Abner, where the concept of like Sadie Haw- I mean, Sadie Hawkins has been around for a while, but this is where I learned about it. Oh, no. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know Lil Abner, don't read it. Good. <laughs> this is a podcast where we just wax lyrical sometimes. Yeah, true. You're in the right place for it. Yeah. yeah. And when Blaine is like, yeah, um, I asked my friend to Sadie Hawkins and we, got, and we got the shit beat out of us by three bullies for daring to be homosexual. And Kurt's like, that sucks. We don't have to go to prom. Would you like to have a movie night instead? We can watch Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to point out that before Kurt says you don't have to go if you don't wanna, he does first say, this is perfect. You couldn't face the bullies at your old school, so now we'll do it together at mine. <laughs> That child is fucking psychic! Yeah. Look, Kurt, we're we're not gonna say that Kurt is a perfect character, because he is statistically not. He is also a a teen who is excited about the concept of going to prom with the person that he's dating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reasonable thing to be excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really his through line through this whole episode is he's so excited about being with Blaine and going to prom and doing teen things that he's, like, ignoring every red flag he sees. Yeah. Which, again, relatable. Yeah. But yeah, so Blaine is like, okay, fine, I'll go with you. It'll be great, because I'm with you, and you're so pretty. And I have no character other than being your boyfriend, so. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it ever actually happens in the episode, but Darren Chris, when he's singing his song, does that cool thing where he spins the microphone, like Buffy spins the stake in the opening of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it just spins in your hand, then you catch it, and it's super duper cool, and I've always wanted to be able to do that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does that during the song and it's super cool. And I was like, and that's the first time I saw it, like, because I saw I was in this before I ever saw Buffy. And I was like, oh my god, that's the coolest trick. I want to know how to do that. It's cheating. They don't actually do that. It's a thing on the. It's like it's a a ring they put on and it spins around the ring and then they just catch it and it's ru- everything's ruined for me. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it it looks real cool, but yeah. As soon as you got into Hollywood, all the magic was ruined. I mean, you get some different magic, but yes, the magic is ruined and gone forever. I can't believe Buffy is fake. (laughs) (laughs) That shot specifically. Everything else is real, Tanner. It's real. Everything else was real. (laughs) They ate a real principle. (laughs) If you close your eyes and wish, you also can drive down to Torrance and visit that high school. Keep wishing, my bud! Alright, so... Did you know they're going to prom? They're going to prom. Oh. Rachel and Mercedes love Sam's vibe. Yeah, and and they specifically ask him to prom as a th- as a three way date, but not as a three way. And they say we're gonna we have a prom budget, and so we're gonna split the budget. We're gonna like you get your dad's tux. We're gonna go get dresses from Goodwill, and then we're gonna we're gonna do this on a budget so that all three of us can go to prom. And this way, everyone has a date, but like it's not necessarily in a romantic sense. And he's like, "Yeah, I can, I can go with that." Yeah, yeah. They're and like, it's, "Here's tw- it's here's nice. twenty dollars, so you can technically treat us to endless pasta and breadsticks." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a good plan. Fully on board. I mean, it's I, I like that yeah. they just assumed he didn't have a date, but other than that, fully on board. Seemed great. Yeah, and like, here's the thing. Like, with high, if anyone listening to this is in high school, like, that's the thing is like, 
you don't have to have a date to go to a dance. You can just go stag with a whole bunch of your friends, even if some of your friends are couples. Just go together as a group. No one's going to give a shit. (laughs) That's correct. That's what I did. We went as a big group. It was fun. Nice. And also, I'm just going to say that this is a great time to try out some platonic polyamory like the show did. (laughs) Sure. Also, I didn't bother checking on AO3 if there were any Sam slash Rachel slash Mercedes fanfics, because I'm pretty sure the Venn diagram of people who ship Sam with Mercedes and people who like Rachel, is, or people who don't like Rachel, is a circle. <laughs> yep. I am the circle. <laughs> Speaking of circles, does that one what? work? Does that segue work? I don't know where you're yeah, going you have, with you it. You have to tell us what the, where you're heading for us to know it to work. Kurt has been welcomed into the sacred inner circle that is prom gown dry run. I forgot that was the quote. Yes, it works. <laughs> <laughs> and and Kurt hates the color yellow or something. I honestly yeah. like I like this dress better than her official prom dress, actually. Yeah. So like he he's trying on dresses or well he is supervising. Well Kurt's not the trying, trying on dresses. On. Kurt is just judging people. Yeah, yeah. He's he is handing down judgments on fashion choices for Brittany, Tina, Santana, and Lauren. Brittany's dress, which is the dress that we will see here in later, is kind of a Tinkerbell green, but it's very Disney princess and it's very nice. Tina's is black with lace, of course. And Lauren walks out from behind the dress screen where it looks like they're just like in a classroom or something. They probably Because <laughs> I guess they only had one set. <laughs> Accurate. That is correct. They spent their set budget renting the the gymnasium in Hollywood. They didn't have anywhere else to go that episode. Oh, no. But yeah, and Lauren steps out and she's in this dress that is very poofy and it has like a fur or faux fur kind of shrug. And it looks like Belle's dress. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily like it. And Kurt's like, I don't like yellow. You should wear something navy instead because it's slimming. And like navy is slimming. But also Lauren looked fine in that dress. Yeah. Like the importance is when picking fashion, first priority should be your comfort. Yes. Second priority is if it's flattering on you or not. And you are the best judge of that. (laughs) Third priority. You're going to a dance. Wear flats. Absolutely. There is a 0% chance that Lauren was not wearing Converse with her dress. But yeah, and Santana has a a sexy red dress, because of course she does. Mm -hmm. Go with God, Satan. I mean Santana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was a fun line. Yeah, it's good. And then Kurt tells everyone that he's going, that he is bringing his boyfriend Blaine to prom, and everyone's like, oh! so excited and Santana's like I can set you up with a protection detail for the rest of this week and also at the prom I'm the law and order candidate <laughs> dun, dun. yeah she's gonna use it to get sympathy points also uh, Santana says that she wants it to be like the Hell's Angels at Altamont Speedway yeah which is apparently the second reference in the show <laughs> yes did you see that on the Glee wiki I did I added that you did <laughs> I did I, I heard the line. I was like, they have definitely made an Altamont Speedway joke before. I checked our notes. Yeah, Rod Remington was there when the guy got stabbed. All right, Glee Wiki, here's some fun trivia. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. The, tri- the trivia is coming from inside the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and that just means that I'm going to be the eagle-eyed watching if there's a third reference in next season. <laughs> That would be a miracle. And then just a Hell's Angel walks through the background. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe summoned? the skanks count as Hell's Angels. We'll never Anyways. know. <laughs> yeah. We cut back to the school and Puck is talking to Artie and he's like, 
the, there's a dark seedy underbelly of troublemakers at the prom who try and spike the punch. And if I can do it, then people will think I'm cool again. I completely forgot that, that scene happened because I took no notes on it. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to hypnotize Sue with my dance moves and then you can dump a whole Mickey of gin into the bowl. And Artie's like, I can't. I have to ask Brittany to prom. Yeah. That's the whole scene. <laughs> yeah. Is this before or after the ridiculous eight on the white guy's shirt? I'm sorry? It's a rugby shirt, right? And it's just a massive yeah, eight on it, its back. Yeah, it, it is a rugby shirt, and this is Puck asking, the plan of spiking the punch was before that. Okay, cool. It's a ridiculous plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to have a real quick scene with Rachel practicing with the AV club on the stage in the auditorium, because she wants them to... She wants their positive opinions only on her performance of Rolling in the Deep, which she yeah, is you, planning to sing at prom. Did you know they sing at this show? <laughs> I did. It was a surprise for me because this was the first song in the episode. I was like, oh yeah, I'd genuinely yeah. forgotten this was a musical until they started singing. It's so wild that it took this long to get the first musical number of the episode. I mean, it, it makes sense because most of the musical numbers were saved for the actual prom, so it's very back-ended, but... yeah. And also, this is a production question, but like, as soon as What's Her Face started singing, the sound the sound quality changed. So yes, yes, it's the power. I was gonna say, is that usual? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Just checking. No, no, no further comments. Because yeah. a majority of the time they are not singing on set. They will like they they basically lip sync to the track. Right. I I know mm-hmm. that. Like that's it's, it's, like up until like Lame as a Rob. That's just how these sorts of things were done. Yeah. It just. It, it was just such a jarring shift in audio quality that I, I could tell, and I normally can't tell these sorts of things. <laughs> so I wanted to know if this was, like, unusual yeah. because it's normally blended more expertly, or this was just, nope, this is how it goes. I think it's less noticeable on other numbers because usually an instrumental starts up, and so ah. it kind of eases you into it. Whereas this yeah. one, like, there's no instruments in this song. Yeah, you're right. It goes from dialogue yeah. to singing. And yes, I, you know what? That might be it. But yeah, so Rachel sings the first line of Rolling in the Deep, and then mm-hmm. <gasps> Jesse St. James has returned. He, he enters the auditorium from the back of the theater with a dumb little strangle scarf around his neck. He has, it's the gayest scarf. I don't want to stereotype, but that's a really gay fucking scarf. It's literally like, for people who were alive in 2011, it's one of those scarves that's probably about three inches wide, but then you roll it over so it's more like a tube, and he has it like tied like a tie around his neck, and it's just like, I'm just like, if he if he catches on the wrong piece of scenery, he is going to strangle himself. And I, w- I wouldn't necessarily mind that because he's not my favorite character. But not the act. The actor is fine. But like. Yeah, it looks like the sort of thing you'd wear to a polo match. Christina, you said for people who are alive in 2011. I think that's most of our audience. I don't know how many nine year olds are listening to our show. If, if you're a nine year old listening to this podcast, you must have really cool parents. <laughs> or no supervision. <laughs> If you're a nine-year-old listening to this show, remember, we're your best friends. There is only this show. There are no other shows other than this one. (laughs) This is your life now. (laughs) Commit to this show. You are one of us. One of us. Parasocial relationships are great, kids. Commit commit to loser like me. Do not commit to glee. (laughs) (laughs) Nine-year-olds aren't impressionable, right? Anyways, the AV club is now possessed. Well, they're yeah. walking slow circles around a star that has light bulbs in it without looking up or making direct eye contact or even saying noticeable words. 
And also, they call this the AV Club. This is the set crew. This is not AV Club. Yep. I wrote that down too. Well, okay. You know, here's the thing. Rachel, probably an idiot. Yes. This is known. This is known. If you're not part of Glee, you must be AV Club. Or Cheerios. Or football. No, they're all AV Club. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cheerios were like the the cheerleader group, right? I remember that. Correct. I'm in some episode where I saw people wearing those outfits, but I don't remember why or where or when. Because it's a status symbol, and the Cheerios always wear their outfits. Good for them. Mm-hmm. While we're on the subject, I just want to mention that it's very hard for me to not refer to any other cheerleaders as Cheerios, because Cheerios is a McKinley-specific thing. You just, you gotta start being specific. Uh, oh, man, these are the honey nuts, and oh, these are regular kind. <laughs> <laughs> These are third variety of Cheerios that I'm definitely able to uh, think of right now. Tastios. Yeah. These are the taste. I mean, I'm going to be careful before I refer to anyone as Tastios, but you know what? You do you. Toasted oats. Crispy oats. <laughs> you know, considering how many queer people ended up on the Cheerios, we could have called them the Fruit Loops. <laughs> but yeah, so, so Rolling in the Deep, it's actually a really good song because like, there's no instrumental. It's all backing vocals from the stage crew. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I I thought it was decent enough. I think I like Jonathan Groff's voice more singingly than Leah Michelle's. Just because his like he was singing it with more kind of like grit and roughness in his voice. Like the like like the timbre was rougher and that worked better with the kind of like soulful a cappella backing vocals we had from the set crew. But it was fine. Sam, did you like it? Yeah, it was fine. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was a good song. They sang it good. Uh, did, they did a good job. All right. Yeah. They did a good sing. <laughs> but you know who didn't do a good job? It's Jesse St. James, who flunked out of school at the University of California in Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles. He literally yeah. says the line. Where is it in my notes? Get some Asian kids to take classes for me. Yeah, just like how it was in high school. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know, Sam. <laughs> I don't know the fuck. Uh, Musical theater, real real serious in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. He also feels bad for breaking up with Rachel via an egging. Yeah, he says, I traded love for a fourth consecutive national championship. It was a bum deal. For a first, maybe, but not a fourth. Yeah, he's, he seemed like a real solid bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I I dislike Jesse St. James a lot. But you're supposed to. Yeah. You're supposed to, because that, that makes it okay for a, a blank face, make lots of makeup, to walk over and hit him later. Wait, is that what you're calling Finn? Oh, is that his name? Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have emotions on his face. It's just blank. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I'm sorry, he has two emotions. Forlorn and angry. Okay, you know what, that's a little more accurate. They only gave him two emotions in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of forlorn. Yeah. We come back from commercial and he's like, I don't like you dating Jesse St. James. I don't trust him because he threw eggs at you. And Rachel's like, you don't get to decide who I'm dating because you broke up with me. Mm -hmm. And now you're dating Quinn. And so, you know... 
Sam, this is the part where he's wearing the rugby shirt. It had an eight on the back. Why would there be an eight on the back of your shirt? That eight doesn't mean anything. You don't need an eight on the back of your shirt. I thought it was a piece of paper. I was like, is he about to run a marathon? No, you just have a shirt with an eight on it. You're not better than me, eight man. You're not better than me. I'm sorry, you were saying other things. Continue. Every time we have a guest on this show, there's always their rage breaking point where they just have to yell and yell and yell. Oh, we're not there yet. Which is valid, but is concerning. <laughs> we're, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, anyways, uh, Rachel's been supportive of Finn and Quinn, even though she's dying inside. So why can't he just support Jesse joining the Thruple prom, which is now a, a, a Tetrad prom? Yeah. I think her, her quote literally is like, I hope that you'll be supportive of me and whoever I choose. Like, I've been supportive of you and Finn, even though... Not, not you and Finn. Finn can't date himself. Well, I mean, it's Glee. Like, I've been supportive of you and Quinn, even though it's killing me inside. And then Finn vents about prom stuff. And he's like, yeah, like, all this is just so stupid. And I think campaigning is dumb because it's just prom king and queen. Who cares? And... Like, Quinn's making me hand out pens with our names on them, and I have to get a corsage, and Rachel's like, oh, I'll solve this problem for you. You should get Quinn a nice, simple corsage, a gardenia with a light green ribbon around it to match your eyes. Rachel Deskay. Bruh! That's a totally heterosexual thing to talk about your nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about eggs. Speaking of eggs, <laughs> oh, you want to cook them over a low heat, and that way it, it slows. That way they don't get too hard too fast, and it's a more consistent texture. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, you always need pepper. And honestly, like if this isn't a good use for sriracha, I don't know what is. What were we talking about about eggs? <laughs> How eggs are the homes that little chickens live in. Yeah, I don't. Oh, that was that was not that was a dumb move. Oh, also, yeah. so this is. And then who's his face? Uh, uh, is it Kurt or Kirk or whatever his name is? Is like, uh, it's uh, cupcakes. Oh, that's not fun. And like, no, you weren't getting to make cupcakes. You get to enjoy that. You are in class learning to make cupcakes. Yeah. Because like, it's Kurt, Mercedes, Brittany, and Tina, among other students, in the home ec classroom, which is just the exact same set that they've used for the astronomy classroom, the science classroom, and Will's Spanish classroom, because I recognize the shrubs outside of the window. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the part where you don't look at Lee too closely, otherwise you see all the cracks. They're sitting there making cupcakes, and Brittany is in eternal torment because she doesn't want to kill a chicken to make a cupcake. And Kurt's like, I would like to pass home ex sometime before graduation, please. Is Brittany vegan? Is that like a thing? That's her character? No, no, she's dumb. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. all right. Also, I would I'd just like to mention that I didn't get to take home ec class. I was signed up for it, and then I got pulled out to do leadership. What is leadership? Well, sometimes you schedule intramural activities for lunchtime. Sometimes you learn about safe sex. And sometimes you just what? watch the movie Pay It Forward. What the fuck? Wow. I didn't fucking know either. I, I don't know if my high school had home ec. I never, I never took it. And I didn't take a leadership class. I didn't take a class called leadership until I was in college. And I specifically chose it. Well, the moral of the story is that I didn't know how to work an oven until I moved out. Well, moral of the story is on oh, my no. final presentation, we misspelled the word leadership. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% true. 
Yeah, that's legit. <laughs> we double checked everything on the, uh, like my entire group double checked everything on the board except for the title, which we misspelled. Uh, leadership class was interesting. Uh, but anyway, then they have a song in the middle of class. He's like, excuse me, I know we're, te- we're, we're in the middle of class, but words. Yeah. So like Artie wheels in and he's like, excuse me, Miss Teacher Lady, I would like to interrupt your class and prompose to Brittany. And Kurt's like, a promposal! Yay! These are so cute. And we get, isn't she lovely? Which is fine. It's a song about a baby. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good joke. I fully supported yeah. that joke. That yeah. was an yeah, excellent joke. On board, wrote it down. Yes, it's about a baby. Good for you. Good joke. Yeah. And, like, Artie is accompanied in this musical number by Puck and Sam, who are on their guitars, and also Finn and Mike, who just have drumsticks and are just, like, drumming on anything they can. Mike doesn't have drumsticks. Mike has a wooden spoon and a cheese grater. Yeah. Oh, Mike. Mike is good. (laughs) Also, okay, so last episode, Artie also got to be accompanied by a parade of guitar boys, and Finn was one of the guitar boys, but now he doesn't have a guitar. And in my head canon, I would just like to think that at some point Finn tripped over something and completely smashed the guitar, and now that's why he's not allowed to play guitar anymore. <laughs> That'd be valid. I do want to say, like, even though it annoyed me, like, how this scene started, the way it ended, where, um, her name's Brittany? Yeah. Yes. Where Brittany's like, no, you, you really hurt my feelings. I don't care how romantic a gesture is. No, I'm, no, I'm not interested in going to prom with you. And I was like, yeah, good for you. You continue to be the best character, and I support you. Yes. Yeah. And, like, Artie apologizes to Brittany. She doesn't accept his apology. She just kind of, like, sits there and is like, okay, well, I need to sit here and debate the lives of chickens and the chicken and the egg dilemma. And he he just leaves. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, no, I've been rejected by a woman. Life is not worth living. And it's like, she is doing everything right in the scene, and he is doing everything wrong. He's doing the stupid chosen boy narrative. I hate this kid. I hate him and he's and his face. To be a little bit fair to Artie, he does, like, understand where Brittany's coming from. Like, he isn't like, oh, it's Brittany's fault that she didn't take me back. He understands he did wrong. But then he does immediately turn to Puck and say, I have nothing to live for. I'm going to spike the punch with you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tanner, would you like to tell Sam um, Artie's two character traits? <laughs> Artie's two character traits. He's sad that he's in a wheelchair and he fucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame they couldn't get someone who was actually in a wheelchair to play the role. Yeah. Hey, it is, isn't it? Fun background detail from that you learn from doing background on Glee Prom. Certain people, like between takes or when they weren't needed, because we were filming at a gymnasium in Hollywood, would leave set and go outside and play basketball. And that's where Sam learned that the kid in the wheelchair isn't actually in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was outside playing basketball with Mohawk, dude. Oh, that, that just... would have been that would have been amazing. Like, did... <laughs> I wish I could have seen your face. Well, I, I mean, you're assuming I cared a lot more than I did, but it was like more one of those like, oh, wait, isn't he the? Oh, all right. <laughs> I have to go where now? Anyways, so so we did actually skip a small scene, but I didn't want to say it before because it was such a good segue. Oh, did we? Yeah, because before Homek, there's a conversation between uh, Karofsky and Santana on their walkie-talkies because they formed the, the Sam, they form the bully whips and they protect kids from being bullied. Wait, wait. But really wait. it's just Kurt. Is the... There's two different bully whip scenes. Oh, 
okay. She's the law oh, yeah, and order the part candidate. where Santana was like, Team Gay, you may proceed to your class without fear of bullying. Yeah, that's that's exactly what Santana says. And like before she does that, there's the conversation between her and Karofsky. And it's like, no, no, no gay protests or rainbow flags being lit on fire. Are you finished talking? Yeah. Then you have to say over, over. Fine. There's no burning Liberace mannequins. Over. <laughs> and then <laughs> Santana escorts Kurt. Uh, someone accidentally bumps into him and she's about to tear her new one. And Kurt is like, no, calm down. Relax. Give me some space. I'm leaving. And then they do the home ex scene. And then we cut to ah. the, the Hudmal home. Yes. Where uh, Kurt and Blaine are invited to join Finn and Quinn for their prom excursion. And also they're getting 50% off at the tuck shop. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. But Kurt doesn't need it because he has created his own prom outfit. Yeah. And like, it's so sweet because it's, it's Blaine and Finn and Bert who are all watching TV. And like Kurt comes down in his outfit, which he made himself, which is a suit coat dress shirt and tie and cummerbund and a kilt yes it's an homage to the recent royal wedding yeah and everyone everyone is immediately affirming of kurt even finn who is like your outfit's so cool it's like gay braveheart (laughs) (laughs) he's got the spirit do they all live together no well well finn and kurt finn and kurt's parents got married because they were both widowed ah okay all right. And Blaine is there, I guess, to support his boyfriend. All right. Yes. I, I needed to know that Blankface and Kurt were living together because I didn't understand why Blankface was there. But now it makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Forlorn face. But Bert has concerns. Yeah. Bert is like, you look very nice in your outfit, son. Are you kind of trying to stir the pot, though? Because you are a teen and you do like drama. And Kurt's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Bert's like, look. I want you to be yourself, but I also want you to be safe and to not get your ass beat by bullies. <laughs> I thought that seemed like a legitimate concern a parent would have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they're both right. And an accurate response from a teenager who'd be like, I get that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do me. I've spent all year, like, trying to express myself. I had to transfer schools because I didn't get to. And now that I finally have the chance to go to prom with my friends, I'm gonna be my whole authentic self. Yeah. And then, like... This gets elaborated on in the next scene where Karofsky mm-hmm. has dropped Kurt off at class and Kurt is like, hey, just so you know, like, there hasn't really been any bullying or harassment lately. And I'm not saying that the school is perfect, but, you know, it might be safe for you to come out now. Mm-hmm. I used to hate you when you were bullying me, but now all I see is your pain. I'm not saying come out tomorrow, but maybe soon a moment will arise where you can. And then Dave starts mm-hmm. to cry. Yeah. <sighs> And I, I, I feel, I, I do feel sorry for, for Dave because Sam, this character is violently closeted. I, I, I did pick up on that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it must, it must suck being closeted that late into your thirties. <laughs> no, he's a baby. He's only seventeen. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's such a, he is a child. He is a poor little meow meow. <laughs> I need you to know, Tanner, that you saying that just made me picture him with, like, silly little dollar store Halloween, like, cat ears on his head in his usual, like, like, letterman jacket and everything, and just going like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how Dave comes out. He's talking to Azimio. It's like, yeah. What do you mean? You know, yeah. Dude, stop. <laughs> 
It also just made me think of what if there was a group of dudes that came out in like bowler hats, canes, and bow ties, and they were the Pip Pip Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) I feel like someone should make that happen. So is Davis crying, and he like is genuinely sorry for how much he's hurt Kurt, uh, and you know, he's scared, and he's angry, and all that combination, and Kurt is like, no, yeah, yeah, I understand. I accept your apology. You're you're a good person, Dave. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, I'm gonna go to Calc now. Enjoy English class. Yeah. Bye. And so now it's finally and then... it's it is finally prom night. Yes, we cut to Quinn and her boudoir with tinkly piano music in the background. Yeah, that's kind of like her light motif is like the concerned piano. Yeah. She has she visualizes herself and Finn getting crowned. Mm-hmm. And then Finn has arrived. We hear him uh, talk to her mom. He says, eh, one of the good things about Glee Club, you really get to know your way around a cummerbund. <laughs> that, that was also a good line. I fully supported yeah. that line as well. <laughs> and I feel like we do have to do some segments on what were they wearing, because this is the prom episode, and so the outfits are especially important. Yes, it's true. And Quinn's prom dress, is, or her junior prom dress, excuse me, <laughs> is, it's very kind of aqua blue, sparkly, flowy. She's kind of got the Cinderella thing going on. Finn is in a tux with a cummerbund and tie to match her dress because, of course, they are. They're going together. And also the ribbon on her corsage matches her eyes. <clears throat> Lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finn is like, oh, and also I got you a corsage. And and Quinn is like, it matches my eyes. And Finn is like, yep, I definitely came up with this all on my own. And not my ex, who are your, who you're kind of obsessed with, gave me the idea. Also, also Quinn is like three steps up the stairway so that she can be at eye level with Finn. <laughs> yeah. She was above yeah. him. And I was like, oh, good. I enjoy that. That's a fun dynamic. <laughs> yeah. And then they get their picture taken. We use that to immediately cut to breadsticks. Uh, Mercedes has like just a, a, pu- a pure magenta dress with a shrug. And you mm-hmm. can, the, the, very good props to the costume department because it's very simple. And so like you could imagine, oh, this is like a fi- the $5 dress that she said she was going to get. But she looks so good in it too. Yeah, it's, it's flattering on Amber Riley and it's a good match for Mercedes's character. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what Rachel was wearing, and I googled Rachel Plum, and all the pictures are from friends. <laughs> Rachel was wearing a strapless, very light blush pink, kind of sparkly dress. I think Mercedes's dress was shorter, but Rachel's was like floor length. Jesse St. James is in a navy, navy tux with a dark shirt. Definitely looks like he's 30 and not... A twin, not a nineteen-year-old who flunked out of his freshman year of college, and Sam is in a black suit, white shirt with a bolo tie. And Sam is like, "I think I look really cool with my bolo tie." And Jesse is like, "That look is twenty years old." Also, I heard that your family is homeless right now. I'm sorry, that sucks. And I'm like, I want to reach into my screen and punch his lights out. And you would be correct to do so. Yeah, uh, and then but he's like speaking of people losing their jobs. I'm I'm gonna start my own business. They say the best time to start a business is a recession, and I don't know why or even what a recession is. But it's my understanding that is we're that in true? one. Is that true? 
It, it, hold on, go back. Like, I do business stuff. Is that true? Is that the best time to start a new business? Because I feel like that's when everyone's going to be really shy about, like, not having money to spend. Is the best time to start a business during a recession? Like, I know there are a lot of people who started successful businesses during, like, COVID and, like, during recessions or whatever because, like, they had nothing to lose, so why not? So I don't know. But is that the answer? Do people say that? I don't know this. It's almost definitely not the best time to start a business, but it definitely sounds like something that like a banker would say in order to encourage you to take out loans. Ooh. I feel like the thing is that's something that Jesse would have heard by people who he was job searching at in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Fair. And also it's a little it's a, it's playing a little bit like he's trying to ask them to invest some money in his startup. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, actually I- yes. <laughs> All he's saying is that there's an exciting new world out there of cryptocurrency, and if you talk to him, you can get no! in on the, you can get in on the ground. Look at that! No, look at that boy, and tell me he's not into cryptocurrency. He is. I just hate cryptocurrency. And you're right. And it's NFTs. Stu- it's stupid and bad, and he's definitely into it. Yeah. I hate this because you're so right. All right, nine year old. If you're still listening, crypto is bad. Don't do it. Go bomb a crypto mine. You're nine years old. Yes. They can't arrest you. That's true. <laughs> and then if they do arrest you, marry the arresting officer because they, that way they can't testify against you. The law says so. Well, I, I, <laughs> See, I, mean, I you know a lot about this. I don't know. This I'm just person making, is nine. There's been, so, like, I don't, I don't remember what movie it was. It was like, yeah, no, if, if we get arrested, we can just get married because, the, like, you're not, you don't have to testify against someone you're married to. Or something, like, some ridiculous Hollywood thing that I'm 100% positive is not true. But, no, like, I, I remember, that is true. Okay. I don't know. Look, the joke doesn't work if you think about it. <laughs> and yeah. we learned an important thing about what that guy decided to do now that he flunked out of college. And he has so many pictures of monkeys. In the common law, spousal privilege, also called marital privilege or husband-wife privilege, is a term used in the law of evidence to describe two separate privileges that apply to spouses, the spousal communications privilege and spousal testimonial privilege. Uh, This is too much legal jargon and I'm not an eagle, so I'm just gonna, you know, stop while I'm ahead. (laughs) But yeah, so so Jesse is gonna start a show choir consultant business because he's great at singing and destroying the competition. Yeah, and so Rachel is immediately like... (gasps) Jesse can start his musical studio, and then we'll have Mr. Schuster hire him to help us, and then we'll be vocal adrenaline. And I'm just like, Rachel, you do remember that he was literally introduced as a honey trap that ended up destroying your group morally, and you lost. I can honestly say I don't remember that. Like, I don't think I don't think he has any ulterior motives this time, but like... Yeah, it's Rachel. Rachel is too, uh starstruck i guess to think Leah michelle is too is too happy to have her best friend jonathan groff on set with her <laughs> this is true were they actual friend like in real life friends yeah yes. oh yeah he's the reason he's on or she's the reason he is on the show oh that makes that makes so much sense yeah because they were in they were original they were they were the original cast for spring awakening uh, it's just it just makes sense that like they would need someone that actually liked her on set <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's not fair. People liked her in season one, according to rumor. Who started that rumor? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You know, I did actually want to ask if you know, like you ever met Leah Michelle and then she treated no. you terribly because apparently she was nasty to extras too. She was, but I like I I was always in like such a large crowd that there was absolutely no reason for her to be anywhere near anyone I knew. Like the only one I was vaguely like within five feet of at any point that I can remember 
is uh, uh, Brittany. Because during Glee Prom, okay. like, you can just see her, like, wandering around because she's looking for people to, like, dance with and steal boyfriends from. Or girlfriends. Or girlfriends. One of, the pics you showed, mm-hmm. one of the pictures you showed us has her dancing with a girl. Yeah, that, correct. Like, she definitely struck me as someone who was, like, omnisexual or pansexual or something. Yeah, she Yeah, I, th- I think she's bi, right? She'd be bisexual if Glee knew that bisexuals were real. Yeah, but I mean, like, she also, like, makes a comment when they're doing the dress shopping. It was like, oh, uh, and when Who's Her Face walks out in the yellow dress, is like, I look like a, like a creamsicle or whatever. It's like, I think you look delicious. Yeah. So uh-huh, uh-huh. That's kind of why I got the sense she was like, oh, she's pan. Good for her. Yeah. No, but, for, yeah. for real, though, I think, I think they only call Britney bisexual once in all the other times when they talk about how she doesn't care about gender. It's like, it's Britney. She's a free spirit who does what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Glee hates bisexuals. Moving on to Finjamin, who comes in and he's like, hey, uh, Jesse, did you order the scrambled eggs? And Jesse's like, Quinn, you look amazing. Finn, I hate you. Yeah, but vote for, for Bray Hudson! And then Mercedes is like, yes, you are our friends. You look good. Quinn, you look beautiful. Finn, you look handsome. Now get out of here. This is our party. And they can dance if they want to. Dance if they want to. Yeah. Dance if they want to. They can't actually. They already did that in season one. Oh well, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> they they do a cheers, and I did write, write down the fact that three of them have water and Jesse has coffee, and that definitely symbolizes something. Yeah, he's drinking coffee because he thinks it make him look mature. <laughs> Probably, and yeah, it is apparently bad luck to toast with water, so it's their fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's also an ind- indicative of them trying to save money, right? Probably that too. Yeah. Anyway, Glee prom. Yes, it's Grom. It's Grom night. Grom! <laughs> Who's gonna be the Grom Queen and fight off their greatest fear? Everybody! <laughs> I will only make Owl House references. Uh, okay, so background side note. Eric Stoltz is, a, is an interesting director. And aside from being like just a chill dude who like just seems super nice, like from the 20 yards away that I actually saw him from. One of the interesting <laughs> side notes of this is that Eric Stoltz said, hey, we're filming prom. So he... And the entire rest of the crew also dressed like they were at prom. So everyone on crew oh, and the director delightful. are in like tuxedos and suits and dresses and everything. That's delightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And smart, because that means if any of them get caught in the distance, you just assume that they're other prom goers. Oh, that's true too. That's true too. But I, my understanding is that it was just for fun. It was mostly for fun. Mostly for fun, but like, just just in case. I'm, that probably wasn't his entire intention. It does seem like, yeah, it was just, we're going to have fun with this. It's prom. But yeah, no, it was just a, a fun little detail that I thought you'd enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I know what else it is. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Yeah. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Now imagine hearing that song for four to five fucking hours. Yeah, I... Do not envy you for that. <laughs> I had literally avoided it the entire time, and then I went to Glee Prom, and they sang Friday. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, well, it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, this is only the third musical number of yeah. the episode. I have two notes from this. Uh, one of them is that Santana sees someone rock by wearing the same dress as her and immediately does a death glare. Uh-huh. And also, at some point, Brittany is dancing with Tina and Mike, but eventually she just kind of just climbs on top of Mike. That was, yeah. that was very funny. I mean, if I were Tina, I might be a little bit mad, but... If I were Tina, I would just roll with it, which is kind of what she does. It's like, oh yeah, it's Brittany. This is what she does. She, she honestly might be a little lost in the sauce on top of her usual Brittany-ness. Yeah. 
She had a tiny hat. She did. You get away with a lot of things when you have a tiny hat. Brittany loves a fascinator. <laughs> but yeah, Friday is by Puck, Sam, and Artie. My note here was, I'm pleased to see the fashion on the extras matches 2011 Vogue, which I wrote before uh, before I knew that everyone was bringing their own fancy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody. And to be fair, they did have backup fancy clothes if the clothes you were you brought weren't fancy enough. But I'm pretty sure all of us were kind of wearing our own digs. Nice. It's like the musical number itself is fine. If they had played this at my junior ring dance or at my prom, I probably would have loved it. There is a rap break, which I think replaces, is it the bridge or the second verse? Sure. I think they just cut the second verse because the rap break is from the song too. Ah, yeah. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's Friday and that's really all we can say about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's there kind of dancing awkwardly. It immediately cuts from Friday to Rachel doing Jar of Hearts. <sighs> Which is... <sighs> I had a friend in university who was obsessed with that song because, oh my gosh, it is just like my life. Yeah. Here's the thing. It might be a slower tempo song, but this is not a good song to have as a slow dance song. No, it's a terrible song to have as a slow dance song. She screams so much. This song is about breakups. It is not a good choice. Rachel is singing this song to make Finn take her back. I I literally wrote down the same thing. Like, it is a terrible slow dance song. It's literally, aside from the fact that it's like, just there's just a lot of yelling in the song. That is a song that you yeah. lie down on the middle of your floor and listen to so you can feel sad. Exactly. <laughs> but in this case, it is a song that she is singing to Finn, and it's sure making some thoughts bounce around in Finn's head as he keeps looking at Rachel as he is far over Quinn's shoulder, especially the lines, don't come back for me, don't come back at all, like, who do you think you are? That kind of a thing. And there's a part where they're slow dancing and Rachel just gets a dagger, a dagger-eyed glare from Quinn. (laughs) So this is the first of my weird, circuitous Hollywood three degrees of Kevin Bacon things. Oh, cool. Yeah, shoot. So, Jar of Hearts, because I'm so very funny, I used to be like, haha, Jar of Hearts. And, like, whenever the song came on, I'd, like, I'd lean over to a friend and go, so what do you think it is? An incredibly large jar or a collection of very small hearts? Because normally it would just be <laughs> one or two, right? But, like, no, it, this is a Jar of Hearts. So, it's got to be large jar of small hearts, but you got to pick one of those two. Because, uh, again, I'm very funny. Hire me for all of your comedy, uh, whatevers. Anyway, (laughs) at the time, I was on an improv team called The Sauce, because we performed at a barbecue place, and it was very funny, and we're very funny. Hire us for all your comedy needs. Nice. (laughs) And so I lean over to my friend Gene, and I go, jar of hearts. And he's like, oh, yeah, Uh, my wife discovered her. And I was like, what? So... My friend Gene Gabriel is a a Broadway actor and has done a bunch of things and was like living in LA because his wife, Stacey Tukey, is one of the choreographers on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. And she discovered Christina Perry and choreographed the Jar of Hearts music video. And I just like- Wow. I was like, haha, I made a joke about Jar of Hearts. He's like, what are you making a joke about this song written by a friend of mine? And I'm like, cool, cool. No further jokes. I'm gonna go. Bye forever. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Uh, hire me for all your comedy needs I won't put my foot in my mouth at all if I remember correctly from the music video 
they're very small hearts because the bad boyfriend slurps them out of the girls and then puts them in his normal jar. But then at the the very end, but then at the very end, Christina Perry, I want to say. Yeah. She slurps her own heart back because she took the power back for herself. I just remember like people dancing in the background and that's what uh, Stacy choreographed. Okay. I I don't remember. This was so long ago. I just wanted to tell my bad joke It's not a realistic heart. I wanted to get my joke out of mothballs and bring it back and present it to all of you and then explain why it's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) And Christina, you sounded concerned. They're not realistic hearts. They're cartoon hearts, okay? I can send you a different music video that has a realistic heart. No, don't do it. I mean, mean, what music video are you talking about? Oh, no. (laughs) What a... Uh, that's so specific. I was concerned because I kept picturing like they were doing this with like hearts made out of jello or something. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Because you use the phrase slurp. You use the verb slurp. Yeah. Ugh, it's gross. slurping absolute heart. Ugh, I don't like any of this. So how about how about something that I did like, which is there's a shot where we see Finn and Quinn slow dancing, and there's an extra just walking by with not walking by, dancing by with a Bluetooth headset in. Maybe that was one of the crew members. <laughs> I missed that entirely. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it later. But it just like. I was like, is this teenager trading stocks or something? (laughs) She's trying to sell Jesse an NFT. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, aside from the triangle, it's kind of cute otherwise, because we see, like, we see Becky slow dancing with her date, whose name is apparently Jason, and Santana and Karofsky are dancing, but leaving room for Jesus. (laughs) Which is funny, because if you see some of their other dances, they're, like, full-on grinding against each other, like, you know, real heterosexually. But they're doing it in, like, a silly fashion. Yeah. But, best part, we see Mercedes sitting alone, and then Sam shows up! And he says, um, hi, Mercedes, I just wanted to tell you that I think you're beautiful, and would you dance with me? And she's like, I would be happy to. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that was very sweet and adorable. Season three is going to be good to me. Off the, off the shits. <laughs> Absolutely off the shits. So the song ends, and in the silence between musical numbers, Puck goes up to Sue and is like, hey, you want a boogie? There's no music. And he's like, ah, I can make music. And then she immediately spots Artie because Puck's an idiot. Correct. Yes. So she uh, wheels, I mean, we don't actually see her, but I imagine she was wheeling him into a room. And then, like, while they're alone there, she pulls out a dental kit. And she cannot legally pull anything because she'd be arrested. But she can give him a cleaning because she has her own dental certification. Of course. And she also refers to the dude in the wheelchair. She calls him Legs. Because just, yes, just top notch. Just, just real good awfulness. Yep. Like, I get that she's the bad guy, but also, don't do that. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to go dance with Brittany. And she's like, you're telling me exactly the thing that you want that I can deprive you from. You are the worst, you're the worst prisoner of war ever. John McCain is rolling in his grave. Hey, did anyone do a double check to see when John McCain died? He t- he uh he died in 2018. Yeah, he was alive. Yeah, at this a good point. seven years later. Which is why that joke was funny. Exactly. But also, she's a terrible guard because she was the only person paying attention to the uh, the punch bowl, which she left there and like uh-huh. completely unsupervised. So it's like, oh, well, he spiked this punch bowl, presumably. I'm gonna leave it here and just get him. Why? What? I think we can assume that Becky would be guarding it after. 
Yeah. Her and her good hair. <laughs> no, I have a question. Why is Blaine allowed to sing? Because he's daring Chris and no one could stop him. He could do the microphone trick thing where he spins it around <laughs> on his hand and it just stays in one place and it looks really cool. But then you learn that it's fake later because they have like, you put a ring on it. It's like in a rubber, it's like with a rubber band and then you like let it go and it spins back and you can just grab it. And it looks really cool. And unless you know it's a rubber band, you think it's the coolest thing and you try to do it over and over and you drop and break so many things. But no, it turns out it's just a Hollywood trick, just like everything else. You know how I bet Blaine did that to one of the chaperones and they didn't know it was a trick and they're like, wow, that was so cool. You must be a member of the Glee Club. Here, perform. <laughs> Either that or because he sings a musical number backed by Tina and Brittany, maybe they got him in. That makes more sense. Uh, did a good job. It was a good song. Yeah. yeah. He sings, I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. Yeah. And it's fine. It's good. Yeah. No notes. It's nothing spectacular, but it's good. It's Blaine. Yeah. And this is where we see Lauren in her prom dress, which is a very nice cobalt dress with kind of like flowy, like gauzy sleeves. We also then see uh, Santana and Karofsky like joke grinding on each other. Yeah, she smacks his ass. Yeah. <laughs> which like, I have to imagine that was just actor's name, Max. That was just uh, Naya and Max just goofing off. Probably. A hundred percent. Like we were there for two days. All of us were crazy. And just like, if you leave cameras on someone, <laughs> they'll do weird shit. Eventually. Yes. And we'd heard these songs 17,000 times. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is where I note, I, I really liked the yellow dress better. This looks like a mom dress. The yellow dress looked more like a teen dress. Yeah. And yeah, maybe she looked like a lemon meringue pie, but she also looked like a princess. So. Yeah. But yeah, this is also the song where Finn and Jesse get rowdy with each other because of the closeness. <laughs> Finn sees Jesse necking on Rachel and can't restrain himself any longer. And he goes over and he's like, I wanted that picture of a monkey! And he hits him. <laughs> Finn would not be into crypto. Finn, I mean, no. Finn, Finn would consider it, but then someone would tell him why it's bad and he wouldn't do it. If you say so. Yeah. You know these characters better than I do. What are the bonus episodes after the season? Which Glee Club members got real into crypto? Well, no, no, no. Artie. Well, you can, like, you can do that, but you can just, like, what is the crazy, like... 21st century conspiracy theory thing that each one of these people got into because you know one of these kids is going to be into QAnon also and the answer to which one might surprise you I'd like to think that they have too many uh they're too liberal to get into QAnon again the answer might surprise you Santana believes wholeheartedly that Avril Lavigne has been replaced <laughs> which one of them is the uh the Paul is dead conspiracy theory what there's some conspiracy theory in like the 70s or 80s whenever whenever the Beatles were like at their height like Paul McCartney got into a car accident and there's a there's a conspiracy theory out there that the original Paul McCartney died and was replaced by a lookalike uh and that's Mercedes tell, and you can tell that because he's got a little scar and like there's a bunch of different things that the Beatles then did kind of leaning into of like oh yeah that's what it means and like there's a whole Paul is dead conspiracy that you can look up and it is deeply fascinating and deeply hilarious no here's what it is mercedes believes that paul is dead and sam believes that avril lavigne is dead and that's why they have such good chemistry yeah see there you go (laughs) anyways finn and jesse start fighting each other and this distracts sue from the teeth yeah finn gets a good punch in does but then sue kicks them both out (laughs) now now it's time for another fun bit of extra trivia (laughs) (laughs) is it yes okay so there was an extra on the set named, what was her name? Nicole Crowther. Sam, do you know this person? I do not. Okay, good. Not all extras know each other, Tanner. 
Well, but yeah, but you <laughs> you said you went to Glee and met a bunch of your close friends when you were all extras, so there was a non-zero chance that you would know this one person. That's true. There is a non-zero chance. However, I would have to see a picture, but I have no idea who that is off the top of my head. Let me see if they have a picture on the fandom wiki. <gasps> they do. <laughs> uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay. So one-time Glee extra Nicole Crowther leaked the identity of the prom king and prom queen uh, before oh, the episode aired. I remember hearing about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she tweeted out, DK is PK and KH is PQ, and got absolutely slammed by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk and a bunch of other people, and they are like, yeah. who are you to spoil something talented people have spent months to create? Hope you're qualified to do something besides work yeah. in entertainment. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah. they attempted to blacklist her, and so she got fired from the extra agency. Like, I remember hearing about this. Like, she got roasted. And, like, it's a dick move, but she didn't deserve that. No. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think we were all a little surprised to find out that Ryan Murphy could be that petty. How young and naive we were. <laughs> Sam, I don't know if you're being sarcastic because we heard about the petty, pettiness from like halfway through season one. Yeah. It's Ryan Murphy. Okay. Oh, she later revealed that she hadn't been on the Glee set since October and got her spoilers from another extra. She added that she may not even know for sure if her prom queen and king spoiler were legitimate, but then she deactivated Twitter. Uh, she has done background work for Disney's Shake It Up, Kickin' It, and Ant Farm, uh, Nickelodeon's Big Time Rush Victorious and Super Ninjas, Fox's Traffic Light, TNT's Men of a Certain Age, and the movies Prom and The Muppets. And these are all things that came out after this episode. So, you know, oh, clearly nice. the blacks listing didn't stick. Well, no, because here's the thing. You get, so Glee, the background casting agency that did Glee was different than Central Casting, which is it's kind of the main big one. But there's okay. also like Sandy Alisi, and I think it was Jeff Olin or something. And I feel like Glee was Sandy Alisi. And yeah, so like she got fired from that agency, but not from Central Casting, because Central Casting was the one that did Shake It Up, which I was also on, and Ant Farm, which I was also on. I have to watch every single... You you won't see me. If you want to watch an episode, like a show where you'll definitely see me, it's uh, Pretty Little Liars. There's an episode called The Bad Seed where I'm pretty visible. But beyond that, it's like, it's background work. Like, again, if you can see me, I'm doing it wrong. And there were definitely background actors who'd be like, get set and placed. And then they'd still kind of like wind their way to be as close to the camera as possible. And I was never one of those people. I'm like, I don't care if the camera sees me. It's just a job. I'll, just, I'll be where they tell me to be. I was going to say, we already have a reason that we could watch some episodes of Ant Farm because Michael Weissman, who is a, a contestant in the second season of The Glee Project, was also on some episodes of Ant Farm. Now we have a double reason. Yeah. But yeah, so it is now time to crown the prom king and prom queen. And uh, so everyone's excited and everyone gathers up there. And first they crown Dave Karofsky as prom king. And everyone, like, everyone's like, yay, it's Dave. And Santana turns to Quinn, you suck so bad, I definitely won. Oh, Santana, how the mighty fall. And then uh, an overwhelming write-in vote, the winner of Prom Queen is Kurt Hummel. Yeah, and it, it's definitely played for drama. Like, Figgins opens the envelope or whatever and is concerned. And then when he says Kurt Hummel, it's mostly silence, but there's a few, like, cheers and like, woo! Yeah, seriously. In the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone won. Great. We are happy for them. I'm pretty and sure then... the woo was like a mocking woo from a jock. Oh. Oh, I thought it was like Brittany or something. Who no, just ended it... up at the back of the room. Okay. No, I had, I had that feeling. It was like, yeah, the gay kid got the queen. Haha, <laughs> get it? Homophobia. I mean, 
can we point to this as the only successful case of a write-in candidate winning in history? Probably. Probably. And then Kurt runs out because he's really upset. Yeah. <laughs> and Blade runs out after him. So now we get we, we get a really yeah. good scene because it's three scenes in one and they yes. intertwine. Yes. So we've got Kurt freaking out in the hallway. He thought that because no one was beating or teasing them that there was progress, but it's all the same and all the hate and they were just too afraid to say it out loud now. Mm-hmm. But Kurt, what about courage? Courage. No, no courage today. Santana has fled into another classroom and Brittany follows her and Santana's freaking out. How could my running mate win and I didn't? Just because I hate everybody doesn't mean they should hate me back. I'm going to be an outsider my whole life. Can't I just have one night where I'm the queen? Mm-hmm. And then Quinn runs into the ladies room and Rachel follows her. Nobody mm-hmm. ever would have. This mm-hmm. is all your fault. Nobody ever would have voted for me because they know he'd rather be with you. And then she slaps Rachel. And she's yeah. like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then we get like a weird kind of like, I don't know what the term is for this kind of camera shot, but it is like, a, I called it like a sliding split screen where it's like, we cut to Kurt being, I don't remember what Kurt said, but he had a couple of lines about being upset. And then Santana was like, I'm just going to ditch New Directions once we get to New York and I'm going to go live in a lesbian commune. (laughs) (laughs) And Quinn's like, I'm going to transfer schools. (laughs) I think she says the line, uh, how did they know I was a lesbian? Do I smell like a golf course? And it was like, wow, what the fuck? See, I would have found that joke funny, like in a vacuum, but I felt it just kind of took away from this whole scene because the whole scene should have stuck with drama and it actually kind of pulls it down when they shove that joke in there. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. they're diminishing the their drama by attempting a joke that is itself prejudiced in origin and also I needed to have explained to me. Yeah, because I guess it's technically a callback to, like, either last episode or two episodes ago where Santana was like, people must know that I'm that I'm a lesbian because I was asked to join the golf team. It, yeah. It's like, See, you, don't get, like you, don't, you don't get to claim to be progressive and do this shit, but I guess that's just what Glee is. That's true. I mean, it's, yep. <laughs> it's not such a, a hurtful stereotype that I found it bad. It's, I'm not going to call it punching down, I'll call it punching sideways, maybe? It's a kidney punch. It's, yeah. Maybe they should have told a joke about keys. Look, it's, it it depends on intent. The same joke that could be seen as punching sideways or punching up, because of the intent, this felt like punching down. I mean, that's fair. Mm -hmm. In the context of Glee, which loves to do that and thinks they're doing right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had a similar joke earlier in the episode, which we kind of skimmed over, where I don't remember who was saying it. It was just like two of the people kind of standing next to each other and like, oh, well, everyone's here at prom. There's someone here for everybody. And then they cut to the, the two. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the two kids who are mentally disabled. And it's like, well, there's someone for everybody. Cut to mentally disabled like kids. It's like, yeah, oh, it in- was implying that yeah. there shouldn't be someone for. Ev- oh, well, if these two people who shouldn't ever be able to find love found love oh man we shouldn't be able ah that was also like yeah that's shitty yeah that was weird punching down in a deeply uncomfortable way yeah i mean they usually do do right by becky so this was also a yeah even if they do right by a character a lot of times if they still feel the constant need to like remind someone of their quote-unquote place then uh yeah 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 but yeah so everyone had their like they have their moment of we're going to run away and then everyone starts uh, coming around. Kurt realizes that 
if he leaves there they win even more so he decides he's gonna go back in there he's gonna get coordinated and he's gonna show them that they can't touch him or them or what they have courage courage <laughs> and then Brittany talks to santana and she's like i don't think that people knew that you are a lesbian i think they knew that you weren't being yourself and maybe that's why people didn't vote for you but i know that some person that some people voted for you because i voted for you and i believe in you or maybe sometimes people don't want to vote for a law and order candidate boom, boom. Chung, chung. <laughs> and then when santana asks what she's supposed to do now Brittany says we need to go back out there and be there for kurt because this is going to be a lot harder for him than it is for you mm-hmm. Brittany is good yes yep. and then we and cut then... to the ladies room <laughs> rachel is like touching up her makeup you know, most girls would be upset about being slapped in the face, but I happen to appreciate the drama of it. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing a crazy person would say. That's Rachel Berry! She's not crazy. She just has unresolved feelings towards Quinn because she doesn't realize that they're sapphic. <laughs> this is just Rachel who thought that she had to experience trauma in order to be able to write good music. She's a skewed version of the world. I mean, that's Grom all over. Yeah. Okay, hang yeah. on. I got I got to check for the uh, Faberi Alahouse use. What? Like you might have to write that, huh? I just said. Sam doesn't write fan fiction. He doesn't understand what I just said. How? Who? When? What? What? What part is confusing, Sam? No, no. I just didn't hear what what Tanner said. <laughs> oh, I had to quickly check on Ao3 if there were any Faberi Alahouse AUs, but there are not, unfortunately. Ah. Yet. Who knows? Maybe this will inspire someone. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, and like, I think Quinn said something to the effect of like, you don't, I know you think that it's tough being you, but at least you're not terrified all the time. So Quinn has anxiety. And Rachel's like, but what are you scared of? And Quinn's like, I'm scared of the future. For once all of high school is gone, what am I going to do? I'm worried that I peaked. Yeah. And Rachel says, you have nothing to be scared of. You're a pretty girl, Quinn. You're the prettiest girl I've ever met. But you're a lot more than that. And then helps Quinn clean up her makeup. And this is the part of my notes where I put, I can't help but notice that two of these three scenes are be- are between romantic couples, or at least people who in the past have been romantic, and one of them ostensibly isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Subtext. Just hear me out. What if we held hands in the bathroom during Grom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, we cut away from the scene after... Rachel helps Quinn with her makeup. We don't know what happened in that bathroom for 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, and then just so we can reserve, resolve one last arc of this episode, I guess, Artie protects Puck and he says that he was just doing it to impress Brittany. And then he tells Sue that he spiked the punch with lemonade. Yeah, because he's too straight edge. And she's like, I've been interrogating you for at least two hours. And you just used lemonade, and then she lets him go with, like, you are seriously no fun to interrogate or almost torture. And then, yeah, so Kurt walks up. He does a slow walk up the, through the silent crowd to the, the prom, the whatever, the, 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 the stage. Ra- stage, thank you. <laughs> and he gets the prom queen and the magical scepter. And meanwhile, Dave is just <laughs> sitting on the throne, like, I don't know what to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. And Brad's there. <laughs> Brad's also there. Uh, Kurt turns to the crowd and he declares, eat your heart out, Kate Middleton. And there's a pause and then everyone claps. And on the day, yeah. I remember, because I remember hearing that line because I was there clapping and I was like, which one's Kate Middleton? Oh, she's, <laughs> she's the queen one. And I was like, oh, which queen? 
<laughs> and then it's time for the traditional dance between prom king and queen. And this this whole time, which is weird. Yeah. So this whole t- this whole section of the episode, uh, like everyone in the fandom was freaking out at Figgins. Like, how could you do this, dude? Read a room, Figgins. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kurt is like, this would be a great time to come out, don't you think, Dave? And Dave is like, this is the worst time to come out. Goodbye. And he bolts. And no one can blame him. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, Kurt, also, read the room. Don't, like, I, like you gotta let people come out in their own time. But Sam, he's a little gay boy in 2011 with dreams and tropes. Uh, <laughs> and a wow. thing for bears. <laughs> Maybe. Apparently... Maybe. Who knows? Uh, But Blaine does show up, and he's like, I'll take this dance. Mm -hmm. And then we get Mercedes and Santana singing Dancing Queen by Ava, and everyone dancing queens together. And Artie and Brittany get their dance together platonically, which is cute. Mm -hmm. And we just see kind of like, Quinn is just floating between friend groups. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even the montage of everyone getting their photos taken at the end, it's just Quinn on her own. That's true, because uh, number eight got kicked out. Yep. Yep. So here's my question. Just one? Yeah, shoot. Is it possible that Blaine doesn't really exist and that Kurt fabricated this person in his head in order to have oh a God. positive relationship of someone with him that and someone he can talk to? So everyone else is just seeing this kid kind of dancing on his own, which is empowering in, in its own right. But in his head, Kurt is uh, fantasizing about dancing with this perfect relationship partner who definitely exists, wink, wink. Sam, I think that's an even wilder theory than the one we had like four episodes ago where some, where our friend Sky was like, what if Kurt killed a bird to be able to date Blaine? A bird? What? <laughs> There's, oh, this, it's, it's too much to get into during the recording. I'll tell you after. I have, <laughs> yeah. But may I combine these theories? What if Blaine used to not exist, but then Kurt sacrificed the bird and Blaine became real? The important thing is that all of these are possible. Look, I'm just glad you didn't pull a Cassie's best friend and say, Blaine is Pavarotti. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Blaine was already dead, but then he found his father's lab and turned back into a boy for a night. And so that's why when they're dancing, he leans in close and says, can I keep you? It turns out that uh, Blaine has to hide from his parents who are ghost hunters and and Blaine has to go off and and fight all the other ghosts in the in the high school and the, in season one his sister finds out and but it turns out she's really supportive and it it turns out sometimes you don't necessarily need a secret identity and then uh dates the goth chick even though the mercenary <laughs> person ended up being a, a it's really a better match if you think about it i mean part of that stay tuned for season four oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta end this episode <laughs> Yeah, Dancing Queen is fine. I think they would have done better if they'd had a full musical number. Yeah. And maybe didn't sing the song Dancing Queen? Oh, we just nominated a gay person. What do we sing? Dancing Queen, obviously. Yeah. Anyways, we now come to the part of the episode where we say Sam. There were a lot of parts of this episode that filled you with rage, but were (laughs) were there any scenes that you would like to give a gold star to? Um... (laughs) <laughs> I would like to give a gold star to the joke, isn't this about a baby? <laughs> <laughs> a 
like, I don't necessarily care about the song, but I also really like Britney's response after it of, no, you hurt my feelings. I don't care if you sing a song to me. I'm not going to go to prom with you. The fact that she then dances with him later, notwithstanding, like, I think that that's a good, powerful moment. And I would give a gold star to that moment as well. So because those are both in the same scene, that's the scene that wins for me. Okay. Nice. What about you, Tanner? No, come back to me because I got to think. <laughs> ah, okay. So what about you, Christina? <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to cover a lot of ground here and just say pathos. <laughs> wow. Because pathos, we get pathos from Santana. We get pathos from Quinn. We get some pathos from Rachel, such as it is. We get pathos from Mercedes. I was going to make it just Mercedes' Cinderella story. Actually, yeah, I haven't given Mercedes a best in a while. Mercedes' Cinderella story. Cool. That's a fun choice. Do you want me to vamp more, Tanner? No, no, I got it. Because I think I am actually, I'm going to give it to Blaine coming to dance with Kurt after Dave leaves. Aww. Yeah, that's a sweet moment. Because honestly, and you, anyone listening to this, you know how sick I am of Blaine. And of Kurt and Blaine together. They're a nothing couple. But (laughs) for just this episode, they worked really well. And it was a really nice moment for them to be together. And, you know, even if Blaine is a tulpa or a bird or something, it, they have they have good moments in this episode. Nice. And they didn't get cock-blocked by a piano, so that was nice, too. Um, also, Sam, what was your favorite song? Oh, no. Um... <laughs> Do you want me to tell you which ones were in the episode? Uh, I mean, it's tough because, like, I enjoy the rendition of Jar of Hearts, but it just doesn't fit, like, the episode. And then, like, Friday, yeah. it's fun, but it's Friday. And I yeah. think we can all agree that, like, the... Probably the best song in the episode is the Darren Chris song, right? Yeah. I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's probably the best song in the episode. Uh, and then again, like, uh, like I'm not a big fan of Leah Michelle, but like, she, she's a good singer. And then like the Adele song they did at the beginning was very good. But I think the song I enjoy the most is the Darren Chris song. Okay. Yeah. I, but it doesn't have a cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it does, but they were just off screen. Uh, you know what? I'll take that. I, I feel like... This is the part where I should mention that in, I think it was the second Glee tour, there was, I think they brought Darren Chris on stage for a Friday, and they gave him a little thing to shake <laughs> so that he could be involved. <laughs> like a little percussive instrument. <laughs> uh, and Christina, what was your favorite song? I'm also going to go with, I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. I would have liked Dancing Queen if they gave the song more space and not just, we're going to sing this over a montage, which is a sin against Mercedes and Santana. Yeah, very fair. All right, what about Rock? you, Tanner? I'm going to break the combo. I'm going to say my favorite was actually Rolling in the Deep. I love the arrangement that they do and everything about it. And it has never left my playlist ever since I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I'm glad that you like it. And now this might be harder, Sam. You pick, pick one, just one moment. That you want a slushy. You might have to tell me what that means. The worst moment. You want to take okay. the person who's responsible for that moment existing and just throw a slushy at him. Oh. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's got to be any of the moments where someone just, like, drops, like, just just, uh, just racism or, like, just prejudice. So that's bad jokes on Ian Brennan. <laughs> yeah. What's something that... I mean, a, a bad scarf guy when he says, get some Asian kid to take classes for me, like, slushy that like that's that's an awful awful thing to say and he's a bad dude and you know he's buying monkeys and lions so slushy the shit out of that uh, out of that dude (laughs) (laughs) nice okay christina how about yourself 
I, I think I am going to go ahead and say inserting the bad racist jokes because they felt like it had to be funny. Uh, I'm going to specify the just the scene at the beginning with Puck and Jacob on account of, for, for one, oh, yeah. it's, it's mean. And for two, it mm-hmm. also doesn't match the characterization. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the episode. We did it. Yeah. We, we defeated, we defeated we Grom. We did it. We defeated Grom with a dance number. Exactly. So... This is the part, Sam, where uh, where you get to tell everybody where you would like to be found on the internet if you would like to be found and anything you want to shout out and or promote. Well, let me tell you, I can be found on the internet. I'm on Twitter, at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. I also have a podcast. It's called Ideal Remake. I take movies with a guest or guests, and uh, we take movies that have been, will be, or should be remade, and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Tanner has been a guest on that show twice. Mm-hmm. They remade mm-hmm. uh, the Digimon movie and Titan AE. Yes. Nice. I think I listened to the Digimon movie episode. I haven't gotten to the Titan AE one yet. And I, I can I just say, I know I say this a lot, but it's very weird how I'm like the only normie on your show. Everyone else is like in, in, involved in the industry somehow. And I'm just like, yeah, I've packed groceries. That's not true. <laughs> It's just because, like, all my friends are all people who are, like, aspiring. Like, I do QuickBooks bookkeeping. It's fine. <laughs> I know, but it is just weird. Because you'll, you'll, you ask your other people to promote stuff, and they're like, yeah, well, I did the score for this movie, or I'm working on this web series. And I'm just like, no, nah, this is it. <laughs> you can promote other podcasts. That's, like, that's the thing that you're creating and making. We're literally I doing get... it now. You're true, but it's, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's not like this Glee podcast is at any I point going to gonna... be... F- I am not going to let you sit here and diminish your own accomplishments like this. You host okay. two awesome podcasts, and that's amazing and good for you. I ho- Sam, I host th- Sam, I host three podcasts, and now you have to tell me which one is bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but uh, I, it's a weird connection issue. I can't hear you all the way from Canada. You have a third podcast? <laughs> to be fair, my Pokemon <laughs> podcast has not updated in a while because I was moving, and now Ryan is at podcasting school. I was unaware that podcasting school was a thing. It's a podcast school, but we're calling it podcast school. <laughs> but yes, I do remake is a super fun podcast. Uh, season four is basically over, so it'll be back uploading new episodes in a few months. But in the meantime, I've got over 100 episodes that you can check out that are all remakes of movies. So if there's a movie that you truly love and don't want us to touch, we will. Or not. I don't know. It's only 100 episodes. There's more movies than that. <laughs> if that's it, I think it's my turn to do the uh, outro. Yes. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through loserlikemepod at gmail.com. Next time, uh, hope everyone's got some black in their wardrobe because we're going to a funeral. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'd be very interesting because I can't remember what the B-plot of that episode was, but I know it had nothing to do with the funeral, so it's going to be something stupid. Yeah. But until then... Until then, this is the, this is the part, Sam, where yes. we count down from three, and then we say, and that's what you missed on Glee. And it, the timing doesn't have to match, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Three, Wait, wait, two, what, hold on. One. What am I saying again? And that's what you missed and on Glee. And that's what you missed on Glee. And that's what you missed on Glee. And now we've yes. all said it. <laughs> <laughs> Or should we do an actual take? 
Yeah. I think we should do an actual take, and we'll let Emily decide which one is better. Three, two, one, and that's what you missed. And that's what you missed on Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.